Hello, welcome back to Reservations for Two, Episode 6. Today we're going to be discussing, am I attractive or is it a seat at the table or surgery on the table that I'm seeking the surge of Black women getting plastic surgery? Let's jump into that. I'm going to start by talking about a piece of my little childhood, my brother. Yes, the Jet Beauty of the Week was my brother's favorite part of the magazine. I honestly can't remember him looking at anything else other than the Jet Beauty. So in my home, right next to the big Bible on the living room table was Ebony and Jet and later came Essence. Growing up in the 70s and early 80s allotted me the opportunity to experience Black beauty on the uprise in our most natural looks. We were just coming out of the 60s, the Vietnam War, and affirmative action was in full effect. So Black people were starting to get jobs that they had never been able to get before due to affirmative action. Uh, we had the fashion fair shows that traveled around the country showing the elegantness of Black fashion. Um, we also had the supermodels like Tyra Banks, Naomi Campbell, Beverly Johnson, and Iman walking the stage right next to European models, which was a crossover from what we had seen before. We were being allowed at the table in small numbers, but the door was opening a little bit by force, but it was opening. So we were seeing Black people in spaces that we had never seen before. We felt beautiful and empowered back then. But now Black beauty is being measured by a new standard. The new Black body is what we're seeing. So Culture Magazine did an article back in May of 2018 which was uh, featuring the American Society of Anesthetics and Plastic Surgery. And they provided a statistical report on the uprise of Black people getting surgery. So the report showed that cosmetic augmentation amongst Black people increased 56% between 2005 and 2013. And also, according to a 2016 statistical report, Black people accounted for 8% of all surgeries in the United States. That's double the percentage from 1997. Black people only make up about 12% of the overall population of the United States, which underlines the significance of these plastic surgery statistics. Social media has been blamed as the first culprit. Most think of when they think of plastic surgery normalization. And when you also look at the fact that just a year before the uptick, we saw Facebook in 2004 being created and a year prior to that, MySpace, 2003. And then we can't ignore uh, in, in 2008, the Atlantic Housewives came on. Uh, these women who had uh, lived in great wealth and beautiful homes and uh, just married the guy who could afford to give them their dreams. So with all of these things working and now not only being 
a change of looks, but also a, a status tied to having being able to afford plastic surgery, uh, it began to soar within our community. And then we can't ignore the Kardashians, uh, the representation of the modern day epigy of plastic surgery normalization, who largely use the black body as their muse. So now ladies feel, black women feel they have to compete with these women who are getting black bodies. So taking what we have and um, expanding that. So uh, black, uh, when it comes to cosmetic surgery, I'm sure all of us are aware that it, it has been around for quite some time. And actually uh, the first plastic surgery was conducted in 1890s. A woman started undergoing a breast augmentation. The first recorded instance of breast reconstruction happened in Germany when a doctor inserted fat from a patient's hip into her breast, which had a benign tumor removed. So as we know, it was initially created for uh, restoring some type of uh, deformity, limb loss during the war, or for cancer treatment, uh, uh, breast replacements. So just to kind of ease our woes a little bit, the United States isn't the biggest offender, um, if I could say that. Um, we actually are kind of lower on the list than some countries. So I pulled a study from Dr. Hess on the growing of uh, plastic surgeries across the globe. And uh, South Korea is actually leading number one for liposuction and nose jobs. And then right behind that is Greece for breast augmentations, Italy for Botox and liposuction, Brazil, believe it or not, that ain't natural. They're, they're in fourth place with breast implants and liposuction. So those girls are working for that body um, or paying for it, let's say that. And then we got Colombia with liposuction. USA actually is number six at liposuction and breast augmentations. And I don't know if we can pencil in for us specifically, Black women, BBL says we're, we're getting them pretty quick as well as other cultures. And then Taiwan uh, with Botox and other wrinkle treatments. So that is the order of the top seven countries. And this actually was updated uh, February 24th last year. So we're a little under a year with that data. So I also pulled uh, some information from uh, Dr. Ali, who is a cosmetic surgeon. And he wanted to uh, provide some information regarding Black people's statistics on Botox and face fillers, according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, ASPS. So according to ASPS in 2020, they reported over 15.5 million cosmetic procedures were done in the United States alone. Botox was the most widely used coming in first position with 4.4 million procedures followed by facial fillers at 3.4 million procedures. 
in the ASPS noted that 11% of all cosmetic procedures and 4% of Botox injections were actually performed on Black patients in 2020. We're getting Botox out there, folks. They also reported that Black interest in these procedures is increasing. According to the same report, 1.78 million Black Americans had cosmetic operations in 2020 and up to 1.77 million in 2019 and 1.68 million in 2018. So I guess I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit because we're doing all this in COVID. Wow. I hope all these people were vaccinated. Just saying, I know everyone has their thoughts on that, but that's really funny to me. Uh, so let me move on to his next concern of Black people getting uh, Botox. So he, he listed some unique concerns with the Black uh, uh, people getting uh, Botox. He said, aging seems to be somewhat different in patients who are Black. To begin with, the photoaging skin damage due to the UV sun exposure happens more slowly in darker skin due to the increased amount of melanin. We know that Black don't crack. So while Black patients may experience skin dullness and hyperpigmentation, typically Black patients do not have skin that wrinkles very much with age. Many Black men and women never develop true forehead lines. One is more likely to see vertical 11 lines between the eyebrows than to notice horizontal forehead lines, whereas someone in the same age range who is Caucasian will often have lines across the forehead in addition to the 11 lines. However, if you look at Asian populations, you'll see that they often get crow's feet more frequently then they develop forehead lines or 11s. Botox is ideal for treating the parallel vertical levels. Again, those are the lines between the eyebrows. And that helps to rejuvenate the skin. However, and this is where I think uh, I wanted to share this information. It is, it's, if you're a younger patient, they really recommend you holding off or requesting a low dose because it will increase the lines as you get older. So if, if you start getting Botox too young in your face, it's going to make the lines even more as you age. So you may want to make sure there's a strong need for something like that before you do that. So they also just, he shared unique concerns with uh, Black people getting facial fillers. Uh, the collagen levels peak at 22. And each year after that, a person loses roughly about 1% of that collagen. While Black individuals do not age as quickly as the less pigmented, decreasing collagen causes substantial volume loss in people of all skin colors. So we're all losing it. We're just not showing it as fast if you have that melanin. This loss of facial uh, volume can result in the development of smile lines, hollowness under the eyes, and saggy skin in the cheeks, jaws, and nasal area. Facial fillers administered in these areas can restore your youthful look and plumpness. Uh, 
on black and brown skin. So based on what he's saying, if you're experiencing these lines, that may justify you going to get uh, something done. Uh, however, we uh, generally do not need as much as anyone else. So those are justified reasons from a medical professional. I also I did a study on how black women's are being affected by mainstream TV images and, and, um, and how it affects us. So this study I'm gonna read actually is capturing a group of people who don't really have time to watch mainstream TV or be on social media versus a group of people who are on it seven or more hours a day. The University of Alabama conducted a study back in 2013 of Black women to determine which group struggled but more with their identity. So they had one group of women who watched less TVs due to just lifestyle, and then a group of women who regularly watched TV and kept up with social media. What they found was that you guessed it without me even saying it. I think you already know what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. The group that watched mainstream TV struggled very much with their identity and were more likely to go and get corrective surgery of areas they now felt uncomfortable about. Because of the images of Black women, on television. Our group tend, women tend to look at black people on television over other groups. So the women who did not watch television and keep up with social media mainstream were way more confident about their body image. And guess what? It didn't matter if they were overweight or not. They were still way more comfortable than someone who might have been deemed as physically on the right weight plan who watched mainstream TV. So it just shows how mainstream really plays on your confidence level. So you got to be really watchful what you're putting into your body, especially seven or more hours. That's a lot of connection, but it's so easy to do, right? So I get it. Uh, especially in this environment. And that's almost why I feel it's important to share this information because you're watching all these images and we're kind of locked in and most of us are looking at the media more than we've ever done before. So we got to be careful not to just feed on those images and pick up some books with positive affirmations for Black women that remind us who we are and how we are made. and really not to compare your unique self to others. So with that said, I wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit to where as a group, we kind of started wanting to change the images put out by us. My last podcast talked about uh, the satire uh, caricatures that were being created in the 1800s and how it portrayed us as angry Black women, where there were other things 
that were tied to those characters. And this group I'm about to discuss uh, came up into existence with hopes of fighting those images as we become more accepted and exposed to jobs and careers that were beyond the cotton field. So I had the uh, opportunity to go to the California African American Museum in Los Angeles over the weekend to celebrate uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. And in that visit, they had uh, several different uh, artists on display and I visited all of them, but one that really stuck with me and I felt was a great thing to discuss in this podcast was the debutantes uh, display. So um, I'm gonna read through some of the information that I was able to gather when I walked through that display. Initially, the debutantes uh, was held in private settings in the 1870s, and they were begin hosting these parties to introduce wealthy professional Black families in marriage with the hopes of growing wealth in the community. And from that small population at that time, uh, there was, I'm sorry, in that time, there was only a small population of college educated African-Americans. In the 1800s, only 300 Black men completed college, compared to only approximately 19 Black women. And in the early 1900s, approximately 2,900 Black men completed college, compared to under 300 Black women. So they were all kind of experienced something very unique, never done before, and they wanted to be around people who could understand what they were experiencing because it was different from what we had experienced as a group before. So this is kind of where we started seeing sororities and different things start to become not as early as this time, but why it became so important as you were walking into this new space that you didn't see a lot of you, so you wanted to build relationships with people who understood this new space that you were having to survive in and you could just openly discuss things and, and interact with each other with ideas on how to get by. So they officially became a, a group in uh, the Illinois Club in New Orleans in 1895. And uh, just to kind of backtrack, by the 1880s, 45% of Black homes were married couples versus 11% of single parent households. Once, and, and that's really interesting because we know about how we weren't allowed to get married. So uh, they really were wanting to marry back then. And we also have to remember that back that in those times, we weren't even all, always thought of being a civilized people. We were compared to being a property, along with those degrading set fire character images floating around. It was important to create images in our society that represented some of the more uh, successful and the ones that were definitely fighting to come up out of the poverty uh, 
state, all of it, well, everybody would have come out of poverty. Let's just be real clear about that. The debutantes celebrated uh, fathers and daughters and that they were transforming society about the Black culture. They wanted to portray a softer and sophisticated side emerging in Black culture. Unlike the Uncle Tom's cabin in mainstream media at the time, look up Uncle Tom's uh, cabin so you can really see what some of these images look like. I was pretty mortified personally. So the mainstream portrayed as this unattractive, matronly, or sexually threatening Jezebels. Black women's social clubs sought to change these images. So in the 1890s, the 1890s, they began the cotillions. Started be, they started being held. Uh, they started being held. I'm sorry. And then in 1915, in the California Eagle newspaper, an article was published describing the young ladies as pictures of loveliness, and referring to them as dainty, with no emphasis on desirability. Not wanting, we never wanted to be anyone else as a culture, but we always wanted to be treated as equal. So in that moment in time, they felt that this pursuit through the debutante was a great way to highlight um, we are civilized and intelligent people. Unfortunately, Today, we live in a divided society within our own culture of high society versus uh, the working class people. However, I believe in recent events, we are working to close the gaps. I don't know how many people have had the opportunity to watch this show called Our Kind of People, but it's actually addressing this uh, class gap uh, where we have the higher society private uh, basically they went in and they the doors were open and they closed it right behind them and now we're trying to create a world where you leave that door open uh, more than you need to get in and uh, we need to work better to bridge the gap that we've developed within our own race uh, with this class classification that we're living in. Uh, so with Archives of People, if you haven't seen it, it is a show where there is a old money uh, Black high society family that to do the death of the babe, they determined and exposed that the father had a child out of wedlock. So most of the first episodes are trying to cover up their shame but the young, very successful uh, woman, the daughter of the maid, refuses to not be recognized as a family member and a professional, successful businesswoman, which she is. So it's a great show that's really addressing those issues within our culture. And a lot of the storyline does capture the spirit of debutantes and how some of those imageries need to be broken to be inclusive of all Black people who desire success. 
So um, this leads me into my suggestion. So in most cases, you hear people say that I'm doing this because, you know, I like me better. But we know in all cases where women go to making changes and enhancements, we want to be attracted to somebody. And just the fact that there's been many articles published about our need and feeling that we now have to compete uh, because when other groups dress like us, look like us, it's celebrated. And when we change something, it's often classified as ghetto. So because we all desire to be loved and accepted, this scripture stood up to me, especially since we're talking about dating within the, uh, the Black church. And this all falls within that. Psalms 45, 11 says, and the king will desire your beauty since he is your Lord, bow to him. And what this scripture said to me, it kind of stood out to me, was because when someone desires you, it's usually deeper than surface. It's, it's not just a surface beauty. There's something in your character that has enhanced that outer side of you. It's usually a beacon of light shining without you. Some of that undescribable attraction, like, I don't know what, I, what about this person, but I just need them in my space. Kind of going back to that chemistry thing that we've been talking about. And then, you know, just even reading that, that's David, his son. The Songs of Solomon, which I talked about, um, he wrote, you're altogether beautiful, my love, and there's no flaws in you. Because we know that even with surgery in time, you're going to change, you're going to age. Um, there will be times where you may get ill, you know, they're not going to always see your best self. So when someone loves you like a king, they they look deeper than that. It's more than just that surface thing. That initial attraction, yes, you definitely want to have that. But to stay, for them to stay, uh, it needs to be deeper than that. And when you look at some of these highly celebrated uh people in the mainstream media, you look at their relationships and they're they're pretty bumpy. So I don't wish bad on anybody, but I I wouldn't ask none of them for no marriage counseling, uh, just watching how they live. So if anything, if you try to get something stable, long and true, it has to be deeper than surface. So uh, with the Solomon, Songs of Solomon, I want to go on to read a section about um, his Solomon's 4, 1 through 16. It says, behold, you are beautiful. My love, behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down the slopes of a Galeed. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn hues that come up from the washing, all of which bear twins, and now one of them has lost its youth. 
Your lips are like a scarlet thread and your mouth is lovely. Your cheeks are like halves of a pomegranate behind your veil. Your neck is like the Tower of David built in the rows of stones. On it hang thousands of shields, all of them shields of warriors. Let's stop right there because this is David's son. And he is saying that this woman, something about her reminds him of the strength of his father. Now let's think about that. He's telling her, you've not lost none of your youthfulness that I love. So I think it's so important to recognize that your king will desire your beauty. So to bow to him means to respect him. It'd be easy to respect and love him. And that as Solomon's of Songs of Solomon says, you're altogether beautiful, my love, and there is no flaws in you. That's that's what you're wanting right there. So uh, we're gonna actually uh, close out real quick I'm going to ask for the check, please. And it's going to be real quick because I only have a few more minutes on here. Black people need to not trust media images. Create your own. Debutantes need to be created in all social circles, not just based upon income. It's self-care. Black girls rock. Self-esteem needs to be in every Black girl's reach. Uh, things to build it. And the Bible says beauty starts within and your king will see you. The tip for today is I am attractive. It can only, it, if I'm attracted, it can only really be decided by me and should be determined on my core values, not on what money-driven people try to make 